When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life, episode 114. Here with my co-host, Ani Umana. Ani, we had a coming off a long week, you know, uh, another great week of sports, really. Seems like there's always something going on. And we're going to cover a lot of topics in this podcast. Obviously, the big topic, we're going to break down some high school ball. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA, NBA All-Stars, uh, All-Star Game announcements, and All-Star Game announcements at the high school level. But I think the big news everybody heard, it's kind of like, what's big news for one day? Then he kind of rescinded it. Then he said, okay, yeah, yeah, it's, right. it's on again is Tom Brady of – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers announced his retirement after, you know, 20 plus years, 22 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tom obviously won seven Super Bowls. When you say that, it's just like, well, you know, seven Super Bowls, what? But what's crazy, and we we spoke about this on this pod with you and I, and, and previous pods way back in the day, is that, like, he's really close to having more than seven. Yeah. Like, he's also close – to having a lot less than seven, like yeah, like three. <laughs> yeah, it's a thin line, like of what's going on, like in his career. Like he's had some huge moments, some of the hugest moments in uh, NFL history, really. Regarding so, with Tom Brady retirement, I wanted to get your quick hot take on, you know, what are the your favorite Brady moments, and I'll go over mine. You know, what what sticks in your mind about Tom Brady when you think about it, what's your two or three favorite moments? Oh, most memorable. My most memorable is really when he was going for his first Super Bowl and okay. uh in Oakland. Uh yeah. in, the, uh, in the snow and then uh they called an incomplete pass and then on the road to the first Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh like that always stood out to me because I was like, Man, who is this guy? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, what is this? Yeah. And, and, that sticks out to me too. And uh I remember they played the Cowboys, I forgot what year it was. It was a Thanksgiving. Uh, game and he just torched us and I can never forget like how bad he torched us right and (laughs) like I'm a huge cowboy I'm a big Cowboys fan I guess he was like back in the day I was a huge Cowboys fan like like get pissed off when they would lose and I remember he just torched us so bad I was like how do you stop this man (laughs) yeah uh, where's this guy going in in his career right yeah yeah like when is this gonna end yeah yeah, and, and it's like a long time ago. The the Brady Tug game in Woodson, dude, that's two thousand one playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a long time ago. Yeah, you know, most uh, every, there's nobody in the NBA that was playing then that is even you know close. LeBron was still a couple years away, and he's like mm-hmm. everybody's like, wow, look at LeBron, how long he's played. That was before that. Right. LeBron was what two thousand one falls. So he was a sophomore, right? Yeah, he was a sophomore going into his junior year of, of high school. So that's 
That's a long time ago. So, yeah, that's one of my moments, um, obviously, because I'm a Raider fan. So I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing that day. Um, you know, the comeback against the Falcons, that uh, that's also related to basketball. Because yeah. I was down in uh, South Virginia filming. Uh, we were doing a Matt McClung game. Mm-hmm. And we happen to be down in uh, in South. You know, that's real south of, in Virginia. That's almost Tennessee. You know, Gate City, Virginia. Very great, uh-huh. nice people. I, I won't forget that time. They were very nice. But, like, we had to get a flight back the next day or whatever. And we were like, well, we got to watch the Super Bowl somewhere. So we, it was very – it's a small town. It was kind of cold. So we were just <laughs> watching the game. You that, know, we were that talking about comeback was wild. And we're like, okay, it's 28-3. This game. Then they scored a few times against the Falcons. I'm like, oh, the Falcons are going to do what the Falcons do. Like, this is typical. <laughs> There's just some teams that, you know, are like going to do certain things. I think the Cowboys are a little like that. They are a lot like that. Yeah, they're a lot like that because of the quarterbacks. Everybody's always, oh, we, this is the hope of, of us. The Raiders are definitely like that. You know, the Raiders have a reputation for self-destructing. Mm-hmm. But the, the Falcons are just. Oh God! They're just gonna yeah, they're like in a tier of their own on that. They're on a tier of their own almost because there's bad franchises, you know, right. in all sports. There's bad bad franchises, right? Um, especially like the Browns are known as a bad bad franchise, and there's a few others that like people don't ever expect them to win. But there's few teams like the Cowboys, Falcons, and Raiders where people just expect them to screw up. Oh well, yeah, like <laughs> like if they if they win like the first round of the playoffs, so they have a good season. It's like yeah. somewhere along the line, something's gonna, gonna happen. Shit up. Like there yeah. is not gonna end the way we wanted to. Correct. That's what they have the reputation for. So that, and then obviously when they had that great season when Randy Moss came over from the Raiders, people thought mm-hmm. he was kind of. He was on the back end of his career, wasn't doing well. The Raiders were not good with Jamarcus Russell. The Raiders were just not playing good at that time after that, losing that oh, Super Bowl. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, yeah, boy, they were not very good. And people were like, well, how's Moss playing? Then he came over to New England and kind of like rejuvenated him. And everybody thought maybe that that would they would match the 72 Shula Dolphins, the no-name defense, but nope. The Giants. The Giants, Giants nothing, nothing, nothing for them. I yeah. thought there was no way the Giants were going to beat them that Super Bowl. Yeah, um, no, they kept coming. I mean, they kept doing well. You know, the D line was strong. I mean, they just put enough, and they got obviously that great catch. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Who, who who is that guy that got that catch? That yeah, one I want to say Tyree. Is it Tyree? Yes, Tyree. I don't yeah. remember his first name right now. It, it, it escapes my mind, but so, I will like, never forget the play. So, like, when he made that catch, so I was – I used to play a lot of Madden NFL video games. Yeah. And, like, in Madden, they literally incorporated that catch. The wow. problem is, like, you could do that catch, like, four or five times in a game <laughs> where, like, that catch was like a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. thing. So, like, I remember that catch. That was – Yeah. It's David Tyree. And, David you know, Tyree. obviously the, the guy, the DB who comes out on NBC now, he was on the field at that time. Uh, he's mm-hmm. their sideline reporter. So I always remember that. So, you know, wanted to get your take as obviously he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. And who is on your NFL Mount Rushmore? Four guys who who are you think are the four greatest players, either you the ones you've seen or just the four greatest players in NFL history. Uh ooh, yeah, it put me on spot right there. Brady for sure. Uh yeah. Jerry Rice. Okay. Yep. Uh, Montana. Wow. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, fourth one. Ooh. Uh, Barry Sanders. Okay. Yeah, just the talent level and how great he is. Mm-hmm. Those are hard to argue with. Uh, you know, I Montana was on mines when I was growing up. I was like, this guy's so good. There's just yeah. something still about him. Even if you didn't like football that much or you were just a casual fan, like my dad would be like, hey, Montana's like, I want to watch Montana. Yeah, let me know when he's on. <laughs> back out of the score. Like, you know, like, oh, man, that was a hell of a throw. Like Montana just had the magic. Montana magic. He was obviously cool, calm under pressure. Uh, when he won the four Super Bowls, like Bradshaw, I was like, this guys are on another level. Right. I mean, Brad, Montana never played even like one bad quarter in a Super Bowl. Like he was just his numbers are astronomical. Now, obviously, Brady's played in more, so he's had ups and downs. But right, like Montana, when he got there the four times, it was like he was almost perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, there was they, they weren't going to lose when he. Yeah, won. yeah, yeah. He was his his passer rating, his completion percentage, all that's way up. So I can't believe that he's like knocked off, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to put two quarterbacks. So I have Jerry Rice as well, like you, instead Mm -hmm. of Barry Sanders, I have Jim Brown, who I just think is just a best specimen and a great back, the best back. Um, You know, obviously there's two or three other guys I think that's right there, but I, I would take Jim Brown. Brady is on for Montana and then Lawrence Taylor, who, to me, is by far the best defensive player, like, make the most impact on defense. Yeah, of all time. Uh, yeah, he's just like, if you, you know, the game's different, obviously. It's played different. There's a lot more passing. We've talked about that before, but, you know, that guy changed the game completely. Like, changed formations, changed when people call timeouts. <laughs> right. Like, like, he did everything. Like, he's the only player I've ever seen that really can tackle, I guess you would call it tackle, like, uh, horizontally like he could really just dive completely be horizontal and it's a good play but yeah you know, you try, and when you play football and you learn this in pop warner in high school like don't leave your feet you know keep your head up uh, yeah yeah you know? he, he could just go right in yeah dude yeah. he just moved right in and like guys would almost be falling before he even tackled him like they're just so he would just had that reputation so those would be my four guys again we can argue about those all all day till the cows come home uh, I, I think most people will have Jerry Rice and Brady on their Mount Rushmore. It's barely hard to leave those guys off just because of the, the numbers. Right. And, and, you know, if you think Randy Moss is the second best receiver or if you think he's the best receiver, Rice's numbers blow him out of the water. It's like now, you again, if you've seen Moss play, you know how good he is at his peak. But, like, Rice's numbers are so much better. It's like his numbers are so much better than anybody else's, you know. So right. it's uh, – it's just very, very, uh, very, uh, very hard to take those two guys off. Now let's. No, it's not. I didn't think of Lawrence Taylor, LT, like for sure. Like he, yeah. Yeah. he just was so disruptive defensively. Like yeah. he was a defensive playmaker, the best one of all time. Like yeah, said, like he changed how offenses had to be played. Correct, correct. Where you lined up, who you blocked with, the blocking back, like everything. He was, nobody could handle him. For whatever reason, and he was right. tough, and and he played hurt, you know, kind of like yeah. <laughs> played hurt. He didn't and he's his peak. Like I think he was one of those guys, like Charles Barkley. Like, hey, guy, I'm gonna give you my peak and everything. Like, I'm not gonna play eight to seventeen years. Like, right, right. Like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna prolong this. This is no, it. No, yeah, yeah. He gave him the two Super Bowls. Obviously, they were dominant in the first one over John Elway, and then the second one. 
they want on the last second. They weren't as dominant, but like the team was aging and that like he basically had one or two more years and that was it. He was done. So that that was kind of added to his mystique, I think, because you never saw him weak. You never saw him like broken down. Yeah, like like uh, like father times catching up to him. No, yeah, yeah. You didn't see him that way. He just left the game. Kind of like Jim Brown did. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a few of the other greats did. So let's move on to athletes because I've seen some people talking about athletes and they're like the greatest athletes of all time. And they're listing mm-hmm. like all these one sport guys. Kobe. I'm like, Kobe, you know, uh, just the guys I've seen listed with Brady recently on social media. So, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. These are supposed to be the best athletes of all time. Not the. So it's very hard of me to add anybody with one that only played one sport. Yeah, I like agree. The only guy I would think that played one sport would be Muhammad Ali. He'd be the only guy on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Just because he's so transcendent. And it leads into my next topic, which is more relevant to what we're doing. But I wanted to go over that real quick. So I, I would have Muhammad Ali as my only guy that's a one sport guy. Just a transcendent athlete. One of the most well-known athletes of all time. One of the well, most well-known Americans. I really still haven't thought about his death, to be honest. Yeah, I know he died five years ago or so, but I'm like, he doesn't feel like it. No, he's still around. To me, he's because he's always been around. Like, he's one of the most photographed Americans of all time. I think mm-hmm. him and Babe Ruth, probably the presidents, right? FDR, JFK, yeah. and like Michael Jordan. Like those two or three or four guys are like beyond sports. Right, right. Babe Ruth, Jordan, and Muhammad Ali. Like maybe there's one more guy I'm missing, but they're like, they're on a no whole level of their own, you know, in terms of who knows them, their popularity. So he would be my only one sport athlete. I guess my other guys would be Jackie Robinson, yeah, who played four sports at UCLA, was well known as a great high school athlete in even more than four sports. Uh, Bo Jackson, mm-hmm. obviously, he's kind of around just for a short period of time, but I think he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. And Will Chamberlain, who, yeah. Most people, again, I've, I've read some statistics about that, and, and this goes into scouting, what we do and what we talk about. We know how important height is. Obviously, I'm not very tall, so I know how important height is, <laughs> like when you play ball, <laughs> you know. And it's like there's not that many Americans over 6'10 who are between the ages of 18 and 40 who play, who are available to play like in the NBA. They said there's anywhere from like 2,800 to like 3,500 males that are 6'10", wow. that age. So it's not a big group. Yeah. You know, like whatever <laughs> there's, you know, there's how many of the NBA? 450. So there's about 300 of them or 200 of them. 250 of those guys are already in the NBA out of that 3,500. Right. So when you think about most of them, though, again, they're special athletes. But you think about most guys 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", 7 foot. They have a lot of health problems, one, and two, they have coordination problems. You know, again, you have your freak of nature like Shaq and, and a few of the guys like that. Right. But most guys above 6'9", they don't move well. No. In no. life, they just they have they, they have circulation problems. They got uh, cardiovascular problems. That's just because of their knees, their, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we know that. We don't, we're not here to, to break that them down. But so yeah. when you think of Will – most like most guys are not good athletes at that size dude that guy was just a phenomenal athlete in anything he tried he was super strong meaning strong in the weight room he's a sprinter (laughs) the sprinter and high jumper thing like you're a big eight high jump champ 
Okay. Philadelphia is a big city. At, when Wilt was growing up, Philadelphia was the second or third biggest city in the country, which is not no more. It's lost population over time. But, like, he's the sprint champion. Like, I've never even heard of a guy being a sprint champion taller than 6'3 or 6'4 in any city at any time. Right. Like, this guy's six, seven foot. But Daniel Seven Wine, always friends, high jump, long jump. Yeah. I think yeah. he did shot put. I mean, it was just nuts. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because, like I said, most guys – you lose a lot of coordination after 6'2", 6'3". Right. That's what makes, I think, Michael Jordan so special and a few other guys that are like 6'6", 6'7". Those guys are not – those are not normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If <laughs> you say, okay, oh, he's a good athlete. Like, you can say an NBA player is a good athlete, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously there are a lot of great good athletes in the NBA, some so better than others. But there's no guys in the NBA 6'7", 6'6", that can play DB in the NFL. They, they're they not coordinated enough. They can't move it quick enough. You know, that's why guys are 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot, because right. there's a different level of coordination. So when you think of Will at 7'1", like, it doesn't make any sense. No. So it's it's very uh, – so those would be my guys. I don't know if you have any thoughts on yours or if any of those four guys are in your in your top Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I, I would definitely have Bo Jackson, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, Will Chamberlain. That was my main one. And then Deion Sanders. Uh, okay. Yeah. In uh, who also who also played baseball, even though like I know his baseball career wasn't like crazy good, but like just a really really good athlete, uh, yeah. transcendent athlete. Um, but uh, that's the only one I would add to it. But Will Chamberlain would just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I just would watch the videos and be like, "Where's How this guy from?" Real? Like, yeah, you don't yeah. see that now. No. You know no, what I mean? Like, now. you don't even see it now. Yeah. I so, it's you know, like, like when people talk about basketball, it's like. Will Chamberlain doesn't even count. Like, well, I'm not counting Will Chamberlain. Like, he's like an alien, you know what I mean? Like, right. He doesn't well, even count. You know? Or when they asked, how would Will Chamberlain do in today's NBA? He would average, like, 50 points a game. I said, no, but, like, who is built and looks like Will Chamberlain in the NBA? Like, nobody. there's nobody. Like, no, he no. was best pressing 450 pounds. Like, it was, like, Nothing. a 10-pound dumbbell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't have that. No, we just don't have that. Yeah. So it, it, it it's only come around once, I know, once a, a hundred years. It's not we haven't built another one yet. So right. yeah, that's very interesting. I, I like Dion too. We were, I was talking with my buddies watching the game about Dion and one guy had seen Dion in the airport and you know, it's man Dion somewhere and he's like, Dion has got the great he got the good um size. He's a little bigger than people think because they always oh, a DB doesn't like to tackle. Right. He's a little bigger than you think. Long arms, broad shoulders. He's a strong athlete. And then obviously he's got that top speed. We really, really rarely see it like I like that at the top speed in the NBA. You know, I'm sorry, in the NFL, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, man, the top the top speed you can't compare. And there, mm-hmm. there's other NFL players that said that, like, again, because we haven't ever talked about this, and this is a good topic too, is like linear speed. And it, people brought it up with Cooper Cup from the Rams, who are obviously yeah. advancing to the Super Bowl. And they're like, how does that guy get open? They're like, very big difference between linear speed, top speed, and, like, getting open, you know? And, right. like, Deion Sanders had, when he put on those pads, he didn't really lose any speed. And he was already one yeah. of the fastest NFL players ever. or one And one of a great track, I mean, great track runner as well at Florida State. And, obviously, a baseball player. And I think he's a little better at baseball than people give him credit for. He's a decent contact hitter. He can put the ball on the ground, get mm-hmm. on base. 
he wasn't like a just undisciplined player. He just needed more reps and more season. I, you know, he's playing right. football, so he, he definitely better than Michael Jordan at baseball. Say that again. He's definitely better than Michael Jordan at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a whole other time. Like, how good could Jordan been if he concentrated on the game? Yeah, he obviously had a big strike zone. You know, Michael Jordan. Had <laughs> 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 Guys are striking him out. You know, like. You know, he needed a lot of work, but no, yeah, Dion is a is a pro's pro, and I, I I could see him being, you know, he'd be in my top 10 and probably closer to my top four. So that's a very interesting, and I wanted to talk to you about Ali a little bit, Bo, and some of these older guys. And it, it relates to today, and I wanted to get your evaluation on it, is why do people and people on social media feel they can comment and rank athletes, like in baseball, boxing, and football, but it's very sensitive subject in basketball. Like, in other words, me and you can see what Will can do. It's not you. It don't matter how grainy the video is. You see how quick he is, how high he jumps, how big he is. Right. Same thing with I think Jim Brown. I mean, you watch the tape, you're like, wow, this guy's awesome. Right. Walter Payton as well, and a few other guys that are old. Um, and then Muhammad Ali is so good and so well known and. He was filmed so much, people feel like they watched him live. Like when I watch Muhammad Ali's tape, I feel just like my dad felt when he watched it mm -hmm. live. I don't know what it is about boxing. Like you can watch a boxing tape and feel like, oh, I, I remember like that's, you know, even though it's very old. Yeah, but like you're, you're there, like this is actually yeah. happening right now. Watching, right. Yeah, Thrill in Manila, you <laughs> rumble in the jungle. Yeah. I, don't feel like, I don't feel like I missed out because I wasn't. I was one year old or not alive or whatever. Like I don't. Care. Right, right. You like, you feel like the energy and the, yeah. you know just everything that's going on. Yeah. So why can't we do that? But when it comes to basketball, everybody loses their mind and be like, "No, that's too old. No, that doesn't count. That those guys don't count." Why do we do that in basketball? You feel? I think because there's just so much of an emphasis on like how the game has changed. You know, like you you hear so much about how yeah. basketball changed from even 2011. You know, okay. when uh, okay. there's a mass one championship to now or, you know, or let's say like these guys like Magic and Larry and Julius yeah. Irving and Wilde and Bill yeah. Russell. And they say, man, those guys are kind of like extinct. But I'm like, OK, Magic was a six, nine point guard. He has hella feel like yeah. there's maybe there's not even a handful of guards in the NBA right now yeah. that are. Six three and under that can do what he do. Like you know, you got your Lamelo's. Well, I'm not comparing to Magic, but like just as a passer, Chris Paul and stuff. But like, yeah, Magic was. I mean, you don't see Magic Johnsons. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. so that's what I'm saying. So why do the people knock him and say, "Well, that's old"? You know, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. Oh, I, didn't uh, see him. I, I think it's just more so. Uh, or like like just the players today. Yeah, it's like like a prisoner of the moment. Uh, really, I think you see that more in basketball than you do in the in the other sports. It's just yeah. you know, it's like someone can have a really really good play, you know regular season. They say you know he's a top ten player of all time in the NBA. Like you see it so much because I think God, people are so much present the moment, and yeah. like you said, they're not there, so they're just so much caught into this time. This and time. then like you you hear a lot of like in the commentary. I remember I was watching the game. We were just talking about how much the basketball has changed, the three point yeah. shooting, and limiting yeah. less of the mid range pools, and all this stuff. And yeah. I think if, I think in like the other sports, yeah, they talk about a change. Obviously, football has changed. You know, boxing has changed. But like, there's a lot of you see a lot of um, you know cherishing the 
the, the moment. The the like the, 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 the back like the uh the plays back in the day and the players back in the day. I don't think you see it as much in the NBA as you see in boxing, which yeah. they'll go back and talk about, you know, boxing, you know, they'll 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 just roll off boxers in the 50s, 60s, 70s. No problem. Like it's right. today. Yeah. 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 Like football, you see, you see it a lot. Baseball, you see it a lot. Um, yeah. Basketball, you know, I don't think you hear that as much. I think you hear yeah, about but, more how it's how it's progressed more so than like talking about like how great Jesus Irving was. And, you know, even Shaq, <laughs> you know, maybe they call <laughs> oh, him Shaq like a dinosaur. And, you know, Shaq was the most dominant. He's the most dominant player I've ever seen in person. So, yeah. like, yeah, like, you know, stuff like that is just great. Yeah, you, yeah. you hear that more. Yeah, I, I'm very in tune to that because I'm like, how can you know that Jim Brown and and – and uh, OJ Simpson were great backs, but you can't tell me that Jerry West was a good guard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? right. Don't make no sense to me. Like, you can't feel if you can't evaluate on film a little bit, you can't evaluate. No. Sorry, like, but, and if you can't see it, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to take your opinion. It's okay. It's your opinion, but I, I don't think it's a valid, great, valid opinion because you know Muhammad Ali is a great boxer. Right. And you know sports, but you can't tell me that, you know, Oscar Robinson's a good guard. Like, oh, he's too old. <laughs> right. like, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, John Havlicek, Bob Cousy, like, you tell me, like, yeah. hey, just watch it. Like you said. Watch it. Yeah. Watch. Watch 10 to 15 minutes of yeah. uh, Boston Celtics in, uh, in a Philly, in the, in the Philly Warriors game. Just watch 10 15, Like, you will see how good those guys were. Yeah. I agree. And I, I, I argue that all the time. You know, I'm just like. There's a great one, um, the Will Chamberlain archives on YouTube. You guys, if you if you're listening, go to YouTube. The Will Chamberlain has a lot of great videos. Are old, very old. It shows you how so good some of the old guys are. Hal Greer, Chet Walker, wow. Jerry West. I mean, they're really good players. So anyway, don't want to spend too much time on the top. I just thought it was kind of interesting because again, we're talking about Brady with all times goats, Mount Rushmore, and it's like with basketball, everybody has just this protective shield over their guys, especially the recent ones, and it's like. But they don't. You don't hear about that in football, and baseball, and basketball. I'm sorry, football, baseball, and and, and uh, boxing and boxing. other sports. So it's just like I don't understand why completely. But I, I I like your explanation. Kind of prisoners in the moment. I hope more people are not prisoners in the moment, especially the people listening to our podcast. But I wanted to uh, before we move on to to the Super Bowl, I wanted to let people know that we're looking to spread more apparel uh, promotions across all of our platforms including in our Ball is Life podcast network. So get 15% off your next order when you shop with us at on the uh, our, our shop. It's shop.ballislife.com. It's a one-time use of a discount code. It's in the paint, it, and the discount code is P-A-I-N-T-15. Once again, that discount code is P-A-I-N-T-15. You get 15% off your... Next order with us at shop.ballislife.com. You know, we got tees, shorts, backpack, basketballs. So hopefully you guys take advantage of you're listening to this pod. So uh, let's move on to the Super Bowl, Ani. Uh, Rams and Bengals. Uh, what's your high line take? And then, you know, we'll, we'll start jumping into uh, the prep scene. Uh, man, out. First off, like don't this is like the most random matchup and a uh, Super Bowl matchup. Uh, obviously, yeah. Rams are very talented, right? Sure. But uh, Joe Burrow's in the second year, and he was hurt the first year just to lead the Bengals to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a real story. And, and Joe Burrow's like, he's like, he has, I wouldn't say he's my favorite quarterback, but he's like my top two or three uh, quarterback just with his swagger and just, you know, yeah. his confidence. Yeah. 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 It just, it, you know, I, I love all of it. Um, yeah. I definitely, I'm rooting for the Bengals. So, uh, yeah. you know, but I think Rams win. You know, I think that went by these two scores. I think okay. Rams are really, really talented. I didn't know they were going to get by San Francisco, but uh, big time fourth quarter, even being down 10 there. But, um, yeah, I'd say the Rams win by, like, 14 points. I think it's going to it's going to be a higher scoring game. I think it's going to be a really fun uh, fun matchup. Uh, yeah. Just it is a ran- kind of random. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, kind of random. Just who would have predicted Rams and Bengals in the Super Bowl? I mean. <laughs> well, did you see that one guy? He predicted the score of both conference finals games on a $20 parlay. He won $500,000. It's online. Yeah, he predicted the uh, final scores of both games and won five hundred grand. So if you follow sports, man, it's just unbelievable on a $20 bet. And he used the credit, <laughs> he, used the credit he had on the on the, on the uh, on the website for the, you know, the one he used, whether it was DraftKings or, or whatever one he used. He had a credit. He's uh-huh. like, yeah, let me put $20 on there. And he hit it. Hit both scores, parlay. Man, life-changing. So, yeah, I'm with you on the randomness of it. Now, if San Francisco would have won, it wouldn't have been random because that would have been their third Super Bowl matchup. We talked about Joe Montana, who's on your Mount Rushmore. He beat the Bengals twice, beat them in close games. Uh, I remember both, but I especially remember the second one because the Bengals were very popular uh, this icky shuffle that Icky Woods had was just uh, yeah. popular. <laughs> yeah. real popular, like especially in Ohio and for Cincinnati Bengals fans. Icky Woods is from California, and the Bengals had a bunch of players from California, so that's why I remember that Super Bowl going up against the Niners, and they had guys um, like David Fulcher, who's from Fremont High in LA. Uh, Icky Woods is from Fresno Edison. And they had their three of their four DBs was from California. They had a linebacker and their two linemen, Anthony Munoz, who's like one of the best linemen of all time. And Max Montoya, who yeah. he's from La Puente. And and uh, Anthony Munoz is from Chapey of Ontario. So that, that, that team always stuck with me. Like you said, it was a little bit of an upset. I really think McVay, boy wonder, the Rams coach, he really dodged a bullet. He didn't call a good game. No, people were he would have been heavily criticized if they would have lost that game. They kind of pulled it out for him. Right. The Rams made a lot of mistakes, and so did San Francisco. But like you said, it was a close game. I think the Rams have a you know that D line with Aaron Donald and, and their defense. Like you said, they're gonna get some pressure on Burrow. Uh, you know, there's two good quarterbacks in this this uh, Super Bowl. Obviously, it's a quarterback league right now. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the Rams haven't played since they lost to the New England Patriots and, and the Bengals haven't played in either an even longer time than that. So it's very interesting. Obviously I remember that. Obviously everybody remembers that Patriots Rams Super Bowl because it wasn't much after 9-11. It was only a few yeah. months after 9-11. There was a lot of mementos for 9-11. I actually have a uh, like a glass that has the, the, like the logo with the USA uh, colors on it. It's a really nice memento with the Patriots. Rams. Okay. And the Rams were supposed to win. Obviously, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> they were big favorites in that Super Bowl with the greatest show on turf. Very mm-hmm. interesting that that team only has one Super Bowl, but they, this team is 
pretty good on offense. Obviously, they don't have the running game that that Ram team did, but they can get the ball up and down the field. And like you said, they should be favorites. Very interesting that it's in L.A. Yeah, I don't know if you heard anything about it, Ani, about like the parking situations and how much those are costing. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, what is that? Like, it's unbelievable. You know, LA, LA's like Dallas. Oh, and that's, I know. That traffic, it's just. Is a y'all, LA traffic is. It, it's its own beast. You know what I mean? It's its own beast. If it's, I could just fly, you know yeah. what I mean? You like, can just fly around the city. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. That tra- Dallas traffic's a beast, but L.A. I mean, yeah. Dallas traffic ain't nothing like L.A. Like, yeah, oh, L.A.'s a monster. So, you know, people are saying, "Hey, I'll just I, I'll drop you off, park your, park your, park your car at my house for two hundred fifty bucks. I'll drive, I'll drive, drop you off, right in front or whatever near, and and I'll pick you up." So people are, if you can find people like that, they're out there because they're charging a lot during the during the conference championship game. It was in the five hundred dollar range. Four hundred dollar range <laughs> <What>? <laughs> for the Super Bowl here in two weeks. <laughs> Yo, they need to have the Super Bowl in Dallas, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I, I don't, I don't got an idea. <laughs> it's crazy, you know what I mean? Because it's gonna like, like Josiah Johnson said, the guy who does a really great job on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, Josiah Johnson, former UCLA player. He goes, man, that that Uber surge is just gonna be crazy on Super Bowl oh, Sunday. Man. Like the prices are going to be outrageous, and the prices are outrageous. You know, real quick, what do you feel about that? That the average Joe Blowing fan can't really enjoy the Super Bowl experience. Is that a big deal, or is that just the sign of the times and the way hey, economics drive it? And or do you feel that there should be ten thousand seats reserved for kids or people that will never be able to afford the Super? Bowl? I think there should be a mixture of both. I don't think the Super Bowl should yeah. be a situation where it's just such a I would say money grab. You know what I mean, like. Uh, I think they should have some seats reserved. I mean, they should make costs. I mean, it's already going to be expensive, it is, but make it where people can actually afford to go. Yeah, um, yeah. I get it for like Uber drivers. Like, I think you know, I someone that has like obviously gone into Uber before yeah. and listens to like their stories. I feel good that guys like them can make some money, can make some extra. Sure, money. sure. They're and, they're just going with the money, like with the market value. But right, I'm right. with you. I think there should be a pool of maybe 5,000 seats or so where you, if you can prove your low income or a below a income threshold that you get in a raffle for those tickets and then they're 150 bucks or whatever you want to charge, you know, 200 bucks. Right. Yeah, because the lowest seat right now is like 6K. Yeah, like that's that's insane. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like why would I want to pay 6,000 for one for like to get a bad seat in the Super Bowl. Like, it's not that damn important. Man. Uh, if those Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, you'd be thinking about it. I am not paying 6K for the Look, I am not. Not for some, what, for some high, high seats like that. Yeah. No, nope. yeah. Mm-mm. And that's what's great about Super Bowl parties. Like, you have such a good seat. The cameras are so good. You know, it's, it's, it's such a... It's such a good experience with your friends. It's a good time to hang out with your friends, especially with COVID and we haven't had a lot of opportunities to hang out with people. And, you know, I wanted to get your take on that. Two questions we have. As we talked about it on the last pod, the quarterbacks, Brady's retiring. The NFL's doing a great job with their young quarterbacks. Joe Cool, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You know, these guys are going to be around. The kid in Buffalo is going to be around. Yeah. You know, and they're marketing so well. And the games have been so close and good. So, 
Do you what do you think? Do you ever see the NBA and Major League Baseball gaining on this NFL's popularity? You know, NBA is obviously super popular, but they right. there's they've they've had some knocks lately, last five years. You know, uh, do you think the NBA or and or MLB is ever going to gain on the NFL? And what do you think the NBA needs to do to be a more exciting league? Um, I I can see the MLB more so probably than the NBA. Uh, okay. Talking to NBA, like you know, you got your guys that have just been your superstars, have been your faces, like LeBron. He's aging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, now who's that next one? Obviously, you have Giannis. Uh, yeah. Giannis doesn't have like that that superpower, like global, like name like a LeBron does. I think the NBA. I think I think they do a good job marketing. Yeah. Um, but I do think like the NFL creates storylines so much better. Okay, than uh than both the MLB and the NBA. And uh, I just don't I, I just think like there's not as many when you take LeBron out the picture, who do you really have that's such a global name? In the NFL, you're starting to kind of get that, like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh look how they really blew up Stafford and Lynn Burroughs yeah. and you know, it's yeah. a quarterback's league, but like even Brady, you know, is playing that like I think just the way they painted the narrative, painted a picture for their athletes. I think it's something that the NBA and the MLB, I think MLB is starting to kind of get there. I think they do a really good job, especially during the playoffs. Um, But I think the NBA just kind of, I think it's more just, you know, the media is so powerful. And I just think that uh, if they do a better job, just kind of not just promoting, but just a way you promote and the way you paint a certain player, I think, you know, they can get there. I just think it's all just, just the narrative. I mean, you talk about yeah. Kansas City Cheese. I mean, they're talking about Patrick Mahomes' wife and his brother and TikTok <laughs> and all that stuff. And people want them to lose. And they're like, you got people that want to lose. Just like, like, just there's so much going on. Yeah, the, the, NBA, the NFL does a great job of creating villains, heroes, and storylines. Uh, right. And when I see the NBA, I think their main problem right now, and the NFL's done the best job at this, because it wasn't always like this, is in the last 20 years or so, Every team at the beginning of the season thinks they have a chance. And the NBA, you don't get that. Right. Every Cowboy fan, every single year, this is this is the year we're going to turn it around. Right. No matter what team you are, Phoenix, Cardinals, Raiders. Dolphins. Dolphins. <laughs> there's a big fan base. Steelers, oh, we have a chance. And now it's a quarterback. See, if you have a good franchise quarterback or a good quarterback or you draft a good quarterback, you have hope. That's the key thing is you have a chance and you have hope. There's a lot of NBA teams that don't have hope. Their fan bases don't have hope. So I think it drowns them out. They kind of, eh, it's, you know, they don't, they don't like the Houston Rockets. We've talked about their fan base doesn't have a lot of hope that they're going to be successful. So maybe they don't, won't turn in, tune into a couple games. Same thing with the, uh, I, what other team am I thinking about? Maybe like Pistons, like, even though they got Kay Cunningham, but like, yeah. you know, they, they don't have no hope. You know right. what I mean? To, right. So I think that's what the NFL has done a great, like the, the, the perception of parody. Now there may not be parody, but the perception of it drives a lot of value and a lot of eyeballs. Like our team has a chance. Like the Raiders really thought they had a chance to win the Super Bowl. I went to go watch <laughs> them against the bagels uh-huh. at the Death Star in October. Like the fans were like, dude, we can get in the playoffs. We can win. It's just that I think, I don't know how the NBA can do that, but they need to change it to where, Every team thinks they have a, at least a shot. Well, you right. see a lot of, like, even, like, we talk about Browns and you talk yeah. about, like, Dolphins. Like, you see a lot of, like, 
uh, pre uh, preseason like notes and like a lot of it's just so positive. Again, I think it's just how you just you, the perception, right? Like yeah. you talked yeah. about, it's just yeah. it's like okay, this may be their breakthrough year because Correct. they got this signing or this quarterback. Yeah. He's been looking good in training camp, yeah. and yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like you see, you see a lot of that. So like you said, people have hope. Uh, yeah. You don't see it as much uh, in the other sports. No, you don't see it. You don't see it. So we'll we'll see how that goes, but. I think that's the NBA's biggest problem is that every team has to feel that they their fan base has to feel that they have a chance and that you got to keep building on that. Now I will ask this, like, because yeah. the NFL and teams generally do have a better chance at it. Yeah. From 82 compared to 16. Yeah. If the NBA were to lower how many games they had to play, do you think that would help the situation? Um, yeah, the monotony of it might change a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Like the divisions are already said. You know who's going to win the division is going to go to the playoffs. It right. does get a little monotonous. Like obviously I'm sure you're guilty of it. Maybe you watch more than I do. I, I'm guilty of it. Like, hey, I want to start watching intently like in March. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Watch closer, right? You know, I'm not watching as intently. Like you said, in the NFL, every game matters. Right. So that you can't do nothing about that because that's just the way the nature of the sport is. But sure. yeah, maybe cut it down a little bit, change it. You know, um, again, give maybe maybe every it's a superstar driven league. You know, maybe you give some incentive, more incentive to for for players to stay on their team they got drafted by. I don't know if that makes sense. Something where you know you got this. Everybody thinks the super team. They're waiting for the super team to come, and that team's going to dominate the league. So that's kind of changed in the LeBron era. I don't think that's changed for the better because you got like twenty teams that think they have their fans know they have no chance. Right. So that has to change a little bit. So hopefully we'll we'll see that future that there can be some change and be more even across the board. More franchises have hope. Obviously the talent level's high. It's as high as it's ever been. And there's there's great young talent. There might be a transcendent popular talent after LeBron right now, but there'll be some the league is as talented as it's ever been. So for sure. We'll, that's something we'll keep our eye on as as, as it goes forward. Um you know, how about this? As we move on to our high school topics, the halftime show. How excited yeah. are you, Ani, for the halftime show? Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, those guys. You know, what do you think about that? And what do you think about the promotion of it? Uh, you know, I'm very interested. When's the last time I seen Dr. Dre perform? Uh, Mary J. Generally does a hell of a job. I'm excited about that. Haven't yeah. seen Dre really perform live in anything yeah. a long time. I think the promotion's been great. I'm yeah. intrigued. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he can go really, really good. I don't think Dre does anything unless it's really, really good. So yeah. I think he's going to make sure it's really good. Uh, or it could be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be in the middle. Yeah, it's going to be in the middle. Way. Yeah, because I think there's just so much expectations when you have Mary J. Blige and Dr. Dre, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, if it's not really, really good, then it's really bad because, like, the standards are so high for those high. two. Right. Yeah, I agree. We'll see it, you know, if it's a good game, especially if that first half is boring. <laughs> yeah. Like one team is getting blown out. People are going to be like, all right, I want to see Dr. Dre. That better be good. Like, you're right. You know, if yeah. it's a good game and people are looking forward to the second half, that maybe changes the perception slightly. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of Mary J fans out there. You know, the girls that want to see her, they won't give a shit about Burrow and and, no, and, no. and Matt Stafford. They're going to want to see her perform, you know Yeah, what I mean? some of them may pay 6K for them tickets. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so 
Very interesting scenario. Obviously, that'll be in a couple weeks. As we transition in the end of paint to the high school realm, obviously the first thing we want to talk about is the Iverson Classic rosters was announced. Yeah. Um, Iverson Classic is April 26th or 30th in Memphis. Uh, obviously named after Allen Iverson, an iconic player of, of his time, and, and obviously the, one of the players kids today look up to the most, even though he's retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you make of the roster, and why don't you go over, Ani, the guys who are in that game who didn't play, you know, didn't get selected for the McDonald's game, which we broke down last week? Yeah, um, no, most definitely. I thought the roster was very interesting. I'm glad it's, a, it's a, obviously doesn't mirror a whole lot of uh, McDonald's All-American uh, game. Uh, Jackson Kohler, uh, just hit a few. Uh, it's been fantastic for SoCal Academy. Johan yeah. uh, Traor uh, from Dream City, who just committed to LSU. Um, had to look at some of the other ones. I think Epps, he got in. and yeah. He's on that roster. Aiden uh, Epps going to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's on there. I thought the roster was uh, very interesting. I think you got a really good mix of, like, the top, top tier guys, like your, your five-star guys. But I think you got some guys that have had really, really uh, good uh, high uh, scholastic seasons that, yeah. uh, you know, that kind of getting in. I wouldn't say under the radar, but just, you know, didn't make the McDonald's game. And, you know, I've had really productive uh, 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 seasons. So I, I think it's just a good mix uh, of it. I think it's actually going to – I think it's going to be one of those games. I think uh, – I don't know. What was it? Emmett Williams and the Jordan brand had like 44 and 14, yeah. but didn't make the McDonald's game. I think you're going to see somebody in that game just have like a monster game that yeah. wasn't in the McDonald's game. Yeah, we kind of talked about last week. I talked about my McDonald's snubs. Emmett, Emmett was one of the ones I mentioned. You can go check that out on, on ballslife.com. But yeah, he had a monster game. He played good at the Balls Life game. Obviously, Emmett from Oak Ridge in Orlando played for our guy Steve Reese from the EYBL as well. Um, you know, some of the other guys that didn't make McDonald's, Kamari Lands going to Louisville, kind of the hometown guy. That He's a very good point guard. B.J. Edwards going to Tennessee. Jet Howard, Juwan Howard's son going to Michigan. Yeah. Dior Johnson, Oregon going, you know, signed with Oregon. He's at SoCal Academy as well with Jackson Kohler. Previously played at Prolific and other schools. Terrace Reed, he's going to Michigan as well. I think he's at Link Academy. Who's Yeah, he's been having a really good season. Yeah, he's number six in the Fab 50, so he's he's rolling along. They're having a great season, like you said, rewarding some guys that are having great seasons. You mentioned Johan and, and Jaden Epps. So we were talking about guys, two guys or three guys uh, going to the same high school or same program and how big that is now. And now that there's three guys, but IMG's done it a few times and Monverde. We kind of overlooked the guys. I wanted to give them a special shout-out, Nick Smith and Khalil Ware from North Little Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did overlook them. that much, you know. Like we talked about them separately, but we didn't mention to the, our listeners that they go to the same school. And, exactly. and yeah, yeah, you know, Khalil Ware's going to Oregon, and, and is Nick Smith going to Alabama? Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah Nick Smith's going to Arkansas. Staying home, and going to Arkansas. I'm sorry, I should have known that, but yeah, he. Uh, they're having a great season. They're ranked 14th in the Fab 50. Uh, they've only lost to Jonesboro, IMG, and Calvary Christian. Calvary Christian. Moved up this week, even though they lost at the buzzer to to uh, Montverde in the Montverde Invitational. That was a good tournament. There was four uh, nationally ranked teams in that, and then the final, Calvary Christian beat. Uh, you know, had beaten uh, in the semifinals. Doctor Phillips, uh, t- another team from Florida, and then in the final they took on Montverde, the host, 
and the game was close. And then our guy, uh, Sky Clark, Clark yeah. did a three-pointer at the buzzer to give him the win, 79-76. You know, Sky, we talked a little bit about Sky, too. Last week, he's coming along. He got named MVP of the tournament. This was just this past weekend. So, you know, it was a very close game. Like you mentioned, you I know you really like Calvary and the guys they have on their team. Yeah. You know, and they played really tough, and they, they really had a chance to knock off Montverde. So Calvary's only lost to Montverde and Milton. As we mentioned, and they, they kind of had that one bad loss in Milton. So they're in the top 10. Lalamere is number nine. Oak Hill stays at number eight. Uh, they also won Monday night against the Burlington School earlier this week. As you listen to the spot, Oak Hill's continuing to win. Richardson, number seven, the only loss to North Little Rock. But yeah. they've done enough to be obviously ahead of North Little Rock because they got the win over Duncanville in overtime. Right. Link Academy, number six, who some people think Link, honestly, I've heard a lot of people, and obviously I've seen Link Academy three times and a few times on TV, but I saw him three times live at Tark, Tarkanian Classic. Some people think Link might be the best team or a team to watch. So something to keep an eye on, especially when they get in that Geico Nationals. So they're number six. We'll see if that holds true. They're undefeated, so, I mean, you can't go wrong. Centennial, which won a game at the Nike Extravaganza this past week and overtime against Coronado, 24-1. Going into the week, they, they only lost to Duncanville. Montverde Academy stays number four after that win with Sky Clark hitting that big shot. IMG Academy is number three. They have the Oak Hill split, and they lost to Sunrise. Duncanville would beat Montverde, as we know, a big game earlier in the season, and then Sunrise stays number one. They had the split with Montverde, so... That's that's kind of where we're at with the the top rated teams. And I wanted to talk, just mention about Geico. Geico's uh has announced a return to uh the Suncoast Arena in, in Fort Myers. And Geico will be at the end of March. So it'll be the 31st through April 2nd mm-hmm. down in Florida. And just for our fans and our listeners, the teams, the eight teams that will be selected will be selected on March 16th. That's when the announcement for the teams will come out. So there's still a lot of, yeah. you know, Jocelyn and who's going to get in. We, we, we'll we we'll break that down as we get closer to March. But like I said, Link Academy is a team to watch that's not in that NIBC. And, uh, you know, the, the teams are obviously trying to finish strong in the NIBC in terms of, like, you know, the conference. Because remember, they're in a conference. So I wanted to go over that real quick. Uh, you know, Sunrise is seven and one in in conference play. IMG is seven and two. Montverde is six and three. Obviously, they had the split with Oak Hill, so that's where that third loss comes in. La Lamere's five and three, and Oak Hill's five and five. No, that just shows you how good it, that you know that conference is. Is five and five? You're like, oh, they're how good are they? They're they're, they're pretty, <laughs> pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty damn good. So we'll see as that gets closer to the announcement date. We'll keep an eye on that. Speaking of other All Stars. The NBA All-Star Game announced um, their starters. And I guess the big news is John Morant's first-time appearance. John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, obviously the number two pick of the 2018 draft. And Andrew Wiggins is voted a first-time starter. We've talked about Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And does that say, Ani, to how good he's playing? Or does that say more – the culture and the great fit he is with the Golden State Warriors. 
I think, uh, I mean, how good he's been playing. I think he's a mixture of both. I think he's been playing okay. really well. I think Golden State was a great situation for him to go to after his stint in Minnesota. And he, he put up good numbers in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's just Golden State, you know, now it's actually contributing to winning basketball, right? Um, I think, obviously, he, he's uh, he's also a product of a really, really strong fan base right now in Golden State to be uh, voted as a starter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's having a good season, averaging about 19 points per game, scoring it well, they're winning. I think Golden State's what, second? I think they're second in the West right now. So, yeah. I mean, could you say, do you think, do I think he deserves a starter spot? No, but he's definitely an NBA all-star. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And uh, I yeah. think he's been playing. I think he's been playing really, really well. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I I go to the fit, you know, a heavy like. Again, it goes back to what we said. Minnesota fans are thinking we love Andrew Wiggins just like they love, um, Kevin Garnett or J.R. Ryder, but they probably think we're gonna lose them. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna he's gonna go to another team, or you know, we'll see what happens when he goes to another team. Is he really? Because like you said, he's not contributing to winning basketball. It goes back to our point we made about every team having a chance or the right. perception of them having a chance is very important. Minnesota is one of those teams that's looked at as that they don't have a legitimate chance to win the NBA title. So Wiggins leaves and he kind of gets rejuvenated. And and, and uh, he's been always been talented. We've talked about that before. He's probably one of those top 10 talents of the last 20 years in terms of how people projected him coming out of high school and how talented they thought he was. Now he's playing to that level. He's not an all-time NBA player, but he's very good, and he's making an NBA All-Star appearance. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his high school coach, Rob Fulford, who I got to know. And, and you know, at that time, uh, Andrew Wiggins was our Mr. Basketball USA, our national player of the year that year. He kind of squeaked over Jabari Parker. Jabari started off a little injured. Mm-hmm. And Jabari's junior year was just as good as his senior year. You know, Jabari was really in the running two two years, That's and right. uh, Andrew was just really good as a senior. So I'm I'm happy for him, happily personally for the people that support him, the people at Huntington Prep, the people in Canada mm-hmm. that like him, you know, CIA Bounce, all those guys that that you know, Mike George who went on to be an agent. I'm happy for all those guys if he's doing what you know he's representing them well. Um, right. Wanted to ask you something about John Morant. Okay, and and put you on the spot a little bit. You know, I like to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, I'm ready. I like putting you on the spot. So, are we at the point where drafting Zion Williamson over John Moran is now looked at as like, oh boy, I wish we would have drafted Ja, or is it not not there yet? We're not. Does Zion have a chance to bounce back and be the better player? I think Zion has a chance. I think Zion has a chance to bounce back. That's a really good question because. Yeah. Yeah. He was so good last year. Okay. Uh, Zion was just so good last year. And you can tell, you can see how, like, this the potential superstar ability there is. Yeah. Now, if we're looking, if we're in this, we're doing our, what would the 200 and, uh, uh would be 214. <laughs> so let's say a year, from, a year from now. And, um, you know, we still have the same issues. He's still sitting out. He's 385 pounds. You know, then. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, you know, I definitely think uh, it's not yet. It's close. Okay. Uh, but I think when Zion was healthy, he was really good. Now, I don't know if this is like some Greg Oden, KD type situation where yeah. he didn't look too bad when Greg Oden was healthy, right? Yeah. And playing. Oh, Greg Oden was good. 
Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the problem was, could he ever get healthy? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, that's kind of how I compare it to. I don't think just yet, but we're closer to it than it's not. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm with you there. I do think that um, obviously Z- uh, Zion has a chance and his health is not in the situation Greg's was. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's it's starting to creep in people's mind. Now, some fans are like, God dang it. You know, Zion is such a generational talent, but he's never going to be healthy. Some people have already, again, like we talked about the, the you know, minute by minute social media uh, people, the in the moment people are like, can't get over it. Obviously, I don't think John Morant right now is the Kevin Durant talent, but like he's right. continuing to plateau up and move up and peak up. You know, mm-hmm. I guess trending up's the right word, not plateau, trending up. And, and you know, Zion is really good when he's on the court. And how long, you know, is he going to be on the court? But no, yeah, I don't think it's that too. KD, Odin, and I'm a big Odin fan, so I'm not nowhere near the, mm-hmm. oh, we should have drafted Morant number one. Like, go back to 2006. I still would have drafted Greg Odin. Unless Absolutely. I knew, <laughs> unless I knew. Some medical history that let me know that this guy may not be healthy or he's not healthy already. Right. Then I would have said, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Now you're going back to the Sam Bowie thing with Michael Jordan and 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 Hakeem Olajuwon. Like if I had some great concrete information that Greg may not be healthy or wasn't healthy, then maybe I would look at it. But if I didn't have that, I would still draft Greg over Kevin Durant. Absolutely. And didn't Greg Oden is a freshman year? Didn't most of the team play with like a broken hand? Yeah, he played with a broken hand. They went to the final. Right. Yeah, that's like, what like that's what people don't remember. Like yeah. he was so good. He, he played was with a broken good. hand. He was super good. He's he's the best center prospect in quite a while. You know, he's all he was awesome his freshman year. He lived up to the hype. Just wasn't healthy. I don't right. know if you could I the only thing I could say in retrospect, again, this is hindsight. Anybody can play Monday morning quarterback, is that he played in a ton. AAU grassroots events. He put uh, a lot of mileage on. Maybe that was a, a something that you know he had an old looking body look. Oh, obviously, he looked like a grown man. He was a grown man. I you know I, I was I'm a big fan of Greg Oden overall on the court. Right, I am. So and I got to meet him a little bit. He's a nice guy. But besides that, he was a, a transcendent generational talent. But it worked out for Kevin Durant. And somebody did mention to me, he's like, Ronnie Kevin Durant has an insane work ethic. Right. I think no, he's gonna he- be a great 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 pro but he still ranked them number odin number one so with all that being said i I think i would still take odin number one now that john moran and zion williamson thing you talked about uh peaks like you talk about charles barkley and uh uh, lawrence taylor like how you know their peak yeah like john moran and zion's is kind of how they're how athletic they are and you kind of see them with like the derrick roses and the blake griffins um are they in your opinion are they guys that you know when they're at their peak they're just it's just going to be their peak and that's kind of be about it or like, yeah. I know. think, I think if Zion gets in shape and gets healthy, his peak is going to be really good, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to last till his late thirties. I just, right. he's going to be, he's going to be 35 first team in all NBA. I'll yeah. be very surprised if he's, if we're doing episode 1000, <laughs> you know, all NBA at 35 years old. I, I don't see that, but right. John Moran can adjust his game. He should adjust, you know, He's going to eventually adjust his game a little bit. 
like you know, I, I people still like Derrick Rose. They still think he's a right. viable player. Now, obviously, they'd rather want the explosive Derrick Rose, but mm-hmm. you know, he learned to play the game. Other guys have learned to play the game over time. You know, didn't use the athleticism as much. Now, obviously, he's not as talented as John Morant. I don't think. But number one pick, Larry Johnson adjusted his game pretty well. He yeah. couldn't jump no more. You know, Larry was a a powerful high flyer in his UNLV days and his early days. And by the time he got after his fourth or fifth season in the league, after he got the back injury with Charlotte, like he he was a on the ground player, but he was still productive. You know, he's still productive. So yeah, he was. Sure. That you know, especially with the Knicks, you know, he, he had a couple productive seasons. So. I think they can adjust and have long careers. Uh, man, that's going to be a very interesting thing to follow, you know, as as they go on. Now, back to the to the All-Star games, you know, your your reserves. Who do you think to gets, deserves to get in? I know there's a lot of talk in the East Eastern Conference, you know, or the East team. I know the team may be broken up a little different. Who, who are some of the guys that need to be on these reserve teams? Uh, I think Cleveland and the Cavs are, I think, what, are fourth, I think, in the uh... – East. No, East right now. I think Darius Garland and Jared Allen. I think are, have 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 had all star se- uh, seasons. Um, awesome. Darius Gar- Garland has been really really good. <laughs> uh, been one of my favorite point guards to watch this season. I got to watch a few Cleveland games, and Jared Allen's been fantastic. You know, and he's a, a Texas guy, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. definitely would love to see both uh, him get his first uh, all star appearance. And of course, Darius Garland, James Harden. I think. Uh, he definitely uh, deserves it, even though he's kind of had a down year. You know, the changing of the rules and everything have uh, kind of changed some stuff up for him. But I think, <clears throat> I think, um, I definitely think like those three just on top of my mind. I feel like just really deserve uh, to be in the All Star game. Uh, Atlanta's been down. You got Trey Young in there. Uh, Brooklyn, it's gonna be interesting. I think Jason Tatum's probably gonna. Jason Tatum definitely needs to be in there. I know KD's probably not gonna play in the All Star game, so now sure, then it's sure. like I think Jalen Brown potentially gets in there uh, as well. So you know, t- and even though Boston hasn't had a great season, but like Tatum, Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, I think really they're what Heat are like number one or two in the East. So I think yeah. uh, Jimmy Butler for sure should get in. You can't have a top two seed team and not anybody from the East. Yeah, the <laughs> not that team be in there. Yeah, Even the though like J- Jimmy's been hurt, Bam out of bio, I think he's been hurt for too long. So yeah, yeah like I, you know, I, that's who I would go for as like my reserves. Yeah. And I like your pick of Darius Garland. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see the younger guys or the guys that are highly ranked high school players lately. And mm-hmm. when they pan out, they do well. That's always good to see. You know, get some of the younger guys in. Obviously, you said it's the league's changing. The league's going to change a lot. It's going to be interesting, like you see, to see who gets becomes mm-hmm. the fills the void as Steph Curry ages and as yeah. LeBron retires. You know, or ages and in, in, in is out of the league. Obviously, Steph Curry still got some <laughs> some legs in. He still got mileage in him. That's going to be a very interesting story to see if he can get another one or or if this Warriors team can get another. And I think that's what the NBA center around right now. Like you said. They have a lot of fan bases. They have all the lukewarm fans, the bandwagon fans. They all vote for Andrew Riggins and <laughs> those guys. So as we close out the show, wanted to um, talk a little bit uh, back in the high school ranks uh, about what I saw this past weekend. Um, Nike extravaganza, like I said, it's Corona Centennial, who's a great team. Yes. I know, uh, you know they're, they're number five in the Fat 50 right now. Only the close loss to Duncanville, which in a sense was a road game. 
But you know the 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 Nike Stravaganza, didn't have the maybe because modern day doesn't have one of his vintage. He didn't have the pizzazz. I think people on the West Coast are still a little spooked and worried about uh, COVID. It was only like one six full. So hopefully as the playoffs near, you know we get a little bit more steam and momentum for some games. Uh, the CIF Southern section, where's the large section in Southern California already announced that there's only going to be home sites. So like whoever's the home team, that's going to be at their home site. It's not going to be at like a big arena or like Galen center or oh, okay. pavilion. None of that. No, no crypto.com or, you know, whatever that, <laughs> whatever that's there ain't going to be no games over there. Staples Center, aka Crypto.com, you know. It's going to be at the school gym. Yeah, it's going to be at the school gym. So, again, we're still, COVID is still affecting what we're doing in, in certain parts of the country, maybe not as in others, but it was still a good event. Coronado's been battle tested. Yes. Coronado's going to go to Chicago this week. You know, Donda has a homecoming event, whereas uh, Glen Bard West is going to play Sierra Canyon. Sierra Canyon lost to Camden in a showcase game. Now that game, people oh. care about basketball in Philly in that tri-state area. Like they came out to Allentown and watch DJ Wagner and Brodney. I know that's what most people want to watch. They've been wanting to see that game for a long time. What's your quick take on hot take on DJ Wagner and Brawny? Obviously, they had 10,000 fans, whereas in California, we're really drawing a couple hundred to a game. So, like, right. what's your take on that? And then you know, Glenn Bard West, they got a kid going to Gonzaga who's very good. And Glenn Bard West is actually now, I have him higher than Sierra Canyon after that loss to Camden, 66-62. You know, Glenn Bard West is going to play. So there's going to, Chicago's going to be where it's at this weekend, this upcoming weekend. Oh, Gonzaga's yeah. going to play. Obviously, Kanye West has been promoting it a little bit on his <laughs> social media. So, you know, there's going to be a couple uh, good games. Oh, fans got to choose. They got to go to one or the other. You want to watch Bronny or are you going to go watch Kanye, the, the hotel <laughs> boy, or Bronny? Like, what do you want to watch? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the, 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 you know, the people are going to go watch C- in Donda. I remember when Donda came down here, uh, just yeah. real quick, short story like when they came down to Capel, Texas. I've yeah. never seen the Capel gym be that stacked. Just to wow. see Mikey and see Donda, like that was yeah. insane. Like I had, I waited in a line for forty-five minutes. Oh boy! Just, just to watch. So, you know, I I know where the where the tracks is gonna go. Um, but uh, you know, Cam, that was a really good game. I thought DJ Wagner, he's kind of bounced back from that little. Uh, Camden struggled that one week where they lost to Monverde, and Calvary got him pretty good. I think they yeah. he's kind of really bounced back and played well. It's hard, you know, for Sierra Kane to go out there and beat him. Uh, yeah. I thought Bronny did a solid job. I thought they were good. I thought they – I didn't predict them to win that game. I thought it was just going to be too much. Like you said 10,000 people there. You're wa- yeah. I'm watching it, and then just, like, the energy was just insane, right? Yeah, and just people like, want to see Bronny. Yeah, people want to see Bronny. Then you got Wagner and Bronny. Like, and I don't think they've ever really played against each other. Like, you know. People so, have waiting for that. You know? Right. So and I thought Bronny held his own. I thought what DJ's been really, really good, especially since he he's shown a lot of bounce back. But I think it's hard. You ain't you ain't going out there and beating Camden. Yeah, uh, yeah Camden's I, a nationally good team. They bounced back from that loss to to Calvary, like you said. And if Calvary beats Monverde, which they almost, you know, they were right there. Right. That 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 uh that loss, you know, that game's all different. Like Calvary right. is a really good team. Like Camden is obviously pretty good because. Calvary caught him on a good day where they were playing well and Canada was playing bad. But, like, 
there's no shame in really losing the cavalry. Mm. Now maybe you don't want to lose like that, but they're very they're right. <laughs> you know, they're they're playing really good. Uh, you know, they have a really good team. And I got to really And then like you said, like Sierra, like with Sierra, you can tell like you were talking about just the, the pieces and just like yeah. how many how much talent they have. You can still see that they're still trying to I won't say please the other guys, but they're just you're so yeah. talented. You're trying to figure out where do you go to at this stretch of the game? Where do you go to in the right. fourth when it's like there's when you have that many horses, you know, how do you try to make sure all of them uh, yeah. get a piece of the pie and get the, the portion that they want, right? Yeah. Uh, right. We got to give a shout out to Aaron Bradshaw, the big man for Camden. Absolutely. He played well, and he played well against the McDonald's All-American because Johnny Wright. And as I said last week, Certain days, Kajani has 15 and 10, and other days, he doesn't have that production. Some days, Isaiah Ihalim's playing a lot, and other days, uh, Ramel Lloyd Jr. going to Nebraska's playing a lot. Like, Ramel Lloyd Jr. has been the MVP in two of their events. Yes, yes. In this game, he didn't play that much. Mm -mm. Like you said, it's how is he going to work against in the playoffs coming up? And obviously, everybody is assuming and predicting in that Corona Centennial matchup, which they're not going to play in the regular season. So Corona Centennial has more continuity. Why do they have more continuity? Because they're together, but also they don't have that bench. So right. of course those guys, McCain, Donovan, Dan, are going to stay in the game and, and be, you know, especially in a game like that, they're going to play all the minutes. So Sierra Canyon's in a different boat. And like you said, against Camden, if you're not clicking on all cylinders, they went down real fast, 15 yeah. to 2. They only scored two points in the first quarter. That's not going to cut it against a team like Camden. You know, DJ Wagner at 21 points. I still think DJ Wagner's in the running for National Player of the Year. We'll, we'll update our uh, Mr. Basketball USA tracker soon. Find that on ballslife.com. But, yeah, back to the Nike extravaganza as we close out. You know, Corona Centennial, 80-71 over a well-battle-tested Coronado team that will be in Chicago this weekend. And, you know, Donovan Dent, we talked about him going to New Mexico. 10 of 13 from the field, 9 of 10 free throws, made some key shots at the end, mm-hmm. 31 points, seven, re- 7 assists, 1 steal against Pop-Up Isaacs, who's going to Texas Tech. Pop-Up had big moments as well. He had, a, you know, a really good game, and, and Pop-Up played well. And, you know, mm-hmm. he had 22 points, 3 of 9 from the 3. You know, he had a 3 three free throws to put the game in overtime. So, you know, it was a good, entertaining game that Coronado played as about as well as they could. Yeah. Some of the other standouts I wanted to mention is Darion Williams going to Gorman. Bishop Gorman rolled over Whitney Young. You saw that. <laughs> yeah, Darion, Gore, Darion Williams, um, track of all trades, small forward. He has a couple offers. It looks like uh, Nevada's going to visit him at practice on Wednesday. So that's probably if Nevada and or Utah, if one of those two offers, uh, Darion will probably go there. Mm-hmm. I know they're supposed to come visit on on Wednesday. Uh, head coach Steve Alford, who's now at at Nevada. So you know that that's a uh, a guy who's really come on during the season. He had a tough time during COVID. Dusty Stromer, uh, Notre Dame won a big game. Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame, California, over St. Augustine, who's the top team in the CIF San Diego section. He's a 223 small forward. I thought Dusty played really well. Pull-up game is good. He has good size. He's athletic. He's really coming along in that class. I really like Dusty. I think he's um, you know, one of the top players 
overall in the southern section and in California, really. He's playing really well. He had a good July, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Dusty, let me give you his final stats real quick as we close out. He had 20 points, 9 of 13 from the field. You know, very, very good player. Um, Brady Dunlap, whose dad, you know, he's mm-hmm. Mike Dunlap's son. He plays at Harvard Westlake. Harvard Westlake also won a big game. And those teams should all be in the Southern Section Open Division with Centennial and Sierra Canyon, meaning Notre Dame and Harvard Westlake. They play in the same league, Notre Dame and Harvard Westlake. Notre Dame won the, the, the league matchup this year. And they're not playing a second round of league games because of COVID. So they're only going to play one. So that was a big game. Harvard Westlake beat a big beat a good Cream Lutheran team. And we've talked about Cream Lutheran with Victorious Miller, USC bound Cole Keat. Yeah. And he played really well. And uh Brady done that hit eight of 12 shots, 20 overall points. Cameron Thrower, who's going to Penn, had a good game. He's been all state last year. He had 18 points, four assists. So he he played well. Really like uh that team. They'll have a chance in the open division. Christian Watson had a good game for Long Beach Poly. Peyton Watson's brother, who's obviously at UCLA. Uh, Ty Weaver, I wanted to give a shout out to. Ty Weaver is a 6'6", 222. He has offers from UCR and Southern Utah. And he's a really good player. Uh, Ty Weaver will will go D1. Taj DeGoreville, Durango High School in Nevada, Mm -hmm. 224. Six foot five. Durango has a young team. They're gonna be they're already in the fat fifty. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I saw they won the like with the five uh teams that weren't ranked uh and yeah. that and it made it into the fat fifty. Yeah, they they jumped in and they, they really deserve it uh because they have a couple good wins and you know they played Faith Family very close in that in third place game at, at Tark and they beat a good Etiwanda team. Etiwanda's pretty good, mm-hmm. they have a really good team and 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 Durango hand, handed it to them. They shot really well, and they they um, they just blew them out offensively. They they just have a much better offensive team. They're very young. So Tyler Weaver goes to Aliso Niguel. As you watch him as a as a D one guy from a you know smaller level, like I said, Southern Utah, UCR, and and Durango has very good young players. Last guy I wanted to mention. Uh, AJ Johnson, he's at Taft. He's a 223, a point guard. They played on Friday. Now, the city section is a little down. He goes to Taft High School in Woodland Hills, which is an alley city section school, but he's a 6'4 point guard. He's well known. He didn't have a sophomore year because of COVID, but uh, people know him as a good player. Six foot four guard who could do a little bit of all, get in the keys, covering ground mm-hmm. well. He's really a guy to watch. So, those are the guys I thought stood out to me. You know, obviously there was a lot of games over two days, but but those guys are, are guys to look out for. And, you know, I wanted to close on this, and we'll get into this more next week and maybe as, even as a topic, Ani, is, you know, is there a player right now, again, we, I don't want to give away next week, but, like, with Mikey, everybody wants to see Mikey Williams, Brawny, and to an extent, obviously we talked about DJ Wagner. Like, you know, what what what's the player horizon? Is this another player going to come along? Is there a player in 224 or 225 that's exciting that the country should know about? Because like you said, 10,000 people wanted to see Bronny against DJ Wagner. People were watching at home. Is there any other player that has that type of draw? Or who in the 224, 225 class? Is there anybody close to those guys? Oh, man, that draw is different. I mean, uh, and like both me and you have seen it firsthand, just like. 
just in gyms, I mean, they're packed, and I've never seen them packed before. And they're probably playing a regular opponent. I don't think there's anybody that that will have that much impact where they fill the seats up. Yeah. Um, I do think there's some exciting players like down here in Texas. Uh, Trey uh, Johnson, who's a 224 kid yeah. uh, out of Lake Highlands. I mean, ESPN has a ranked, I think, third in the country uh, in yeah. that class. I mean, he had 37 points and. Lake Highlands was actually against Richardson. Lake Highlands was down double digits going to the second half, <laughs> you know, and he almost uh, caused an upset right there. I mean, he's just a score, you know, three-level guy, three-level score that just, you know, can shoot it from way deep, athletic, you know, gets by guys, you know, just real talented. But he's not going to – make me wait 45 minutes at Capel, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like in a line. I, I yeah. just don't see that. I know something, a player is going to come up, but to that magnitude, like Hansel and Mikey and Bronny, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't see that. Yeah, yeah, there's some talented players out there and we're going to be following them. So we'll see how that works out. And if somebody emerges this summer, maybe this spring, you know, mm-hmm. obviously we're, we're going to focus on the end of the high school season and the playoffs in the next couple episodes but so for now we're going to be ready to close this shop on this episode 114 of the in the paint show so we appreciate everybody tuning into this episode presented by ball is life and make sure you know check out ballslife.com for the rankings for latest stories you know check out our various podcasts and you know sign up for notifications you know let us know how you you feel about what we're what we're talking about if you have any topic we want us to bring up i really appreciate the people logging in we've been getting a lot of listeners we're trying to get people to watch on that YouTube, but we know people are listening. Hopefully they're listening on the drive to work or they're listening, you know, before a game or wherever they're listening. Our listeners are going out. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. But for till the next episode, Ronnie and Ani are logging off.